Buongiorno. Whoa. <laughs> I am your Italiana, Professor Ethan. Hey, that's a spicy meatball, my dude. It's a spicy meatball. I am your uh, synergized and optimized Professor Rick. Ah, the drinking the company Kool-Aid. I love it. <laughs> Slurping it up. I'm full. I'm hydrated on leadership, trust, relations buildings. Of yeah, course. I, I was at a uh, a leadership summit all weekend, and it was both good and bad. You know, there was there's a good amount of camaraderie, good amount of you know drinking, having a good time at the lake, but also us sitting in a room for eight hours learning how to deliver bad news to our subordinates, if need be. <laughs> you know, how do you have the difficult conversations? Right? I think at the end of the day, you just sit them down and you go, "Hey." Uh... <laughs> You know, this ain't going to work for us. How's your day going? Good, War. It's not going to go for long. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah, we've got to make cutbacks. <laughs> we got to make cutbacks, and you're looking mighty chopping block material right now, my dude. <laughs> Have you ever actually had to fire anybody? No. Oh, damn. Me neither, but I feel like... I, if, I don't know exactly how I'd go about doing it. There's no good way to fire anybody. There's no good way to do that. I don't know. I mean, in my opinion, if you're firing someone, they're like uber fucking bad. So yeah, I don't know right. how bad I would really feel about it. If it's layoff, that's a totally different story. Exactly. That's news that kind of neither of you can control. There's been plenty of people I've wanted to fire. <laughs> I know. You kind of had this shit list in your own head. Like, oh, I've only, got a shit list. <laughs> oh, the shit list is there. But yeah, I mean, if or maybe I, not fire, but like just like actually coach them and be like, you need to stop doing this. You're an insane person for these things. I think that's the key, right? Is that if you were in a position where you had to fire somebody, it should not have come as a surprise. If they're shocked, either they needed to be let go because or you do, or you do right? <laughs> yeah, because it's clear if it's not clear, they should have had what you said, the coaching up to that point. Like we told you what to do. You clearly didn't do it. So, I don't know what else to tell you, Bubby. This you're I don't losing know. a this. lot of. Yeah, this isn't the this isn't the right place for this. This is a this sidebar is a side conversation. <laughs> I know. Um, I but know. yeah, we kind of this is kind of an interesting episode for us because we've decided we've had too many in a row. Just like uh, season summaries, essentially for the shows. Rut, the rut has been run deep. You know, I it, wouldn't call it a rut. It's just that you know, I wanted a little bit of spice back in my life. The groove was there. We found that stride. Right. But, you know, you need, to, you need to pivot. You need to switch it up a bit. And what better than to go back to the tried and true? So we do have a show we're going to review for part of this episode. Right. And then we're going to hit one of the old classic segments on the fly kind of conversation. But we'll keep that a little secret until later in the episode. Really? We'll, oh. we'll incentivize. I was going to just drop. Drop, drop trowel. the bomb. Drop trowel. I mean, I think what I might do is put it in the title, but then it kind of defeats the idea. Yeah, it's definitely also, gonna be in the title, I think. Yeah, so if it's in the title, I guess we should tell them, right? It's what to look right. forward to. So we're gonna go back to an over underrated. That's right. If you are not the uh, uh listener of of ye, ye old days, this is a thing where me and Ethan will do. We'll take a character that's typically well known in an IP that everyone's basically seen or know about. We will take a stance on whether that character is over or underrated currently, indiscriminate of our own feelings, and then we'll actually talk about that character and what we really think. But it's, you know, it's good for rhetorical 
uh, sharpness keeps us keeps our argue keeps our debate skills up. right yeah Sharp. keep those debate skills up high uh, your wrinkles get apology soft. apologist skills. You get, yes you got to massage the wrinkles a little bit every once in a while every Put yourself, now and then yeah every now and then but today it's the best yeah. training I feel for when we go on someone else's podcast and do one of those those brackets that's why we're undefeated right. we are undefeated <laughs> absolutely and that, anyway summit go listen to those uh anime sh- bros never anime lost bros never lost we're just I don't know. When we're in the hot seat, we just send we just send it. You know, I mean, if you honestly give me and Ricky six opportunities to win, like we're gonna win. It's kind of unfortunate. <laughs> you you've you've already done yourself a disservice. You played um, yourself. You played yourself, and we'll run with that. But for the first half of this episode, we do have a show that we wanted to review, and it's did we a ever new- say Vegeta? Oh, we didn't say Vegeta. I was <laughs> going to leave go. that part. I was going to leave that part nah, for the Vegeta. End. Screw it. We're doing Vegeta. <laughs> it's going to be in the title. It's going to be in the title. You're right. Oh, um, <laughs> but okay, fine. And this then this show is also going to be in the first part of that title. Right. It's it's a season of a uh, the newest season of a show that came out very recently that I think is a very strange spiritual departure from what I think the show was up to this point. And you kind of had told me that this is definitely weird, maybe not as good as the other seasons. I'm going to go ahead and say I'd agree with not as good, but I still think it was okay. It was solid, but I I feel like I was watching a different show, almost a spinoff, almost like a spinoff story, a filler arc, if you will. So that's why, I, okay, this, we're, we never just say the effing title. We're, we we'll are reviewing Baki Hanma, yes. which was like, so there was Baki. They did two full seasons. Yeah. And then they dropped this out of the blue. I had never, I didn't know it was coming. They keep doing this. And I got to be honest, I don't know if it's really a smart strategy to just like drop shows like Netflix does and then never say anything about it. Because we, we've said in the past that hype can be detrimental to a show. Overhype a show, it'll never reach that level, right? Only rare cases does it do it. But the opposite could also be false. <laughs> like It could be not false, just bad, right? Yeah. Suddenly, like an IP like Baki that did have the community talking, and they just suddenly dropped it without saying a word to anybody. And the worst part is, at least for me, is I think the, the summary when you go to it on Netflix, like read like the first season. Yeah. So I was like, why the fuck would I rewatch like a weird telling of the first season? I was like, this is so stupid. That's a good point. And but then when you actually pick it up, you start to realize that it is a continuation it's of the story. It's basically literally the interim between the last season and then what we're all waiting for is the proper father-son quarrel right. of the century, apparently. The second one. The second one which apparently is so monumentous that even its announcement has had the world quaking in their little boots. Like, (laughs) literally, heads of militaristic forces are coming to these people like, okay, you sure you guys are going to do this? This is like a big fucking deal, dude. Like, And that was a little odd to me, but I don't know. Light light synopsis. Let's get into it. I mean... Well, I think the the thing that... You know, if you haven't, I guess, read or watched any of the original Baki the Grappler, yeah. you don't know about Yujiro. Yeah. Like, he basically won an entire war by himself. Jesus like, Christ. Like, was yeah. punching tanks and shit. So that's <laughs> why they're all freaking out. So right. just to, like, kind of leave that as, like, a precursor. That's fair. That's um, fair. But, yeah, th- <laughs> I don't know. This season was weird as shit. I actually skipped nearly the entire first episode. Really? Because it was so irrelevant. Yeah, I guess it was with the kid and, like, the... Yeah. yeah. Very strange. So I essentially skipped the whole first episode. I did watch the part with the kid, but essentially, like, 
Baki just kicked the shit out of Muhammad Ali Jr. Yes. And his dad accepted his challenge for battle. Then in this new season, decides to retell him that he's accepted his his <laughs> yeah. uh, his challenge by kicking the shit out of some like rabid African elephant that was like dinosaur sized. It just was this uh, almost like cryptid level creature that just existed in the real world. <laughs> it was that, a fucking kaiju. It was a kaiju, an African kaiju. Yeah. So. But it was weird. So the full, whole first episode was about this like idea of like battle meditation. Like, could you beat a dinosaur if you actually fought him, Baki? Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Like, it was like this really weird, like almost meta episode about whether Baki could fight the same stuff Yujiro had. It was like shadow boxing was made into like a power almost, like his ability to. It was weird ass sh- shadow box to such a like high fidelity that he was actually injuring almost like himself forcibly. Right, he was getting. He fought Iron Michael, which I don't know if they were supposed to be an analog for Mike Tyson, but um, it just, has to be right. Okay, uh, I, I, I but was like, like, he was in prison, and I'm like, like, why? <laughs> what time period are we talking here? Because he was in prison a long ass time ago, right? It was just adapted loosely for this particular character, and he was shadow boxing Iron Michael and yeah. getting nosebleeds from shadow boxing. I'm like, <laughs> all right, come on, come on. And then he said, you know what? Fuck human beings. I want to fight a praying mantis. What? <laughs> like, so to be like uber fair, I think his idea did have a lot of merit. Like, if you were to fight even an ant, like if you consider their like power to body ratio, they would be like ridiculously strong. You'd probably be clapped at yeah. like human size or larger, right? Right. He's like, I want to fight a two hundred pound <laughs> praying mantis. It's like, what the. F- Okay, right, sure. How did you even materialize that in your own head? Like that whole episode was just not even worth mentioning, frankly. Right. The the meat of this season is when from here on out, after he's basically, I want, I need practice. I'm gonna fight my dad. He's the strongest living creature on the planet. I need to fight him. So I need practice. So he decides you to talk about practice. We talk about practice. It's not games about practice. <laughs> he, he needs that though. So he decides. You know what? I'm going to go and get my ass arrested because a character we've seen in the past, Biscuit Oliver, Olivia, Olivia, Biscuit Olivia, right? I think it's Oliver in English and Olivia in whatever the hell. Sure, Biscuit, our boy. He's actually seemed pretty cool up to this point. But so this he, is where I was very confused. Right. He was basically we knew he was they ba- were all three buddies last season. Right. We knew or he was whenever inca- the Grand Rye Tide tournament was. Yes. We knew he was incarcerated. Yeah. We knew he can kind of just come and go as he pleases. He's that strong. Mr. Unchained. Literally Mr. Unchained. Did and you listen? You watched this in sub, I'm I assuming. I did, yes, yes. His voice in Dub is phenomenal. Is it? I might go back and... It literally fits the character perfectly. Okay. That's good marks. Okay. Dub, Dub's got some showings. Um, Yeah. So... Uh, My little Marie. No way. <laughs> yeah. Was he really kind of like, yeah. I do declare real. Yeah. Like... Uh, Hell yeah. I would say sophisticated Louisianan, but not like... Kind of like Foghorn Leghorn, sort of. Yeah. Okay. But, but like not deeper. like that. That campy. Yeah. Well, not that much Southern. Got it. Just that like tone. Maybe yeah. slightly up the river toward Mississippi. Okay. I like it. Yeah. He was on his Bubba Gump shrimp. He's on that Bubba Gump shit. I like yeah. that. So yeah. 
Baki gets arrested to go to Arizona State Prison, where, <laughs> where again... This is really where the big crux of the whole show for me is, or this season. Yeah. There was no necessity to get arrested if Unchained can leave the prison whenever the fuck he wants. Right, exactly. <laughs> and he told, bring the boy to me. He just went across the world to a secret martial arts tournament on a whim. Why couldn't he just like, hey man, I gotta fight uh, my dad. Could you like help me out real quick? And you're like, well, they were boys. Like they were boys. Ago. That's the thing. Like, this is a weird kind of antagonistic dynamic between him. Like it's almost as if he completely fucking forgot. It was so weird that that they just fought together in defense of the Japanese team in the in the Grand Ritai. Um, so that was weird. No, 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 no. They, he was part of the rest of the world team. Okay, it's rest of the world versus there was China. Americans, Japanese, yeah. all these random places. Right, because they had to fight the Sea Kings. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, you're right. So, but yeah, to that end, it is if this... But they were like friends. That's what I don't understand. Boys. And they just... The dynamic was so weird. I couldn't tell if this was a, an actual choice or just a lapse, right? Like, just to make it make this like wall for Baki to climb over. I don't know. It seemed weird to me. Um, I mean, like at the end of the day, it made a little bit of sense, right? Like biscuit Olivia was said to be the literal most powerful man in the U S. Okay. Yeah. And so maybe the weird part was, okay. The only reason Baki would fight him, in my opinion, is if he had heard Yujiro laugh that he had shadow box the praying mantis right yeah, right because he was like ha, 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 that's such terrible training what a yeah, right. dumb fuck and then oh, I see what had saying. he heard that it would have made sense to be like all right bitch let's go fight the next strongest guy in the world Besides since you, you won't fight me he, right now yeah next and then thing. fights biscuit but I, there was never that communication that his dad had done all that shit so it was just like which makes it weird right he was gonna do it that honestly anyway felt like they're like dude we need another season um and I'm not ready to draw Yujiro and and Baki going at it. Yeah, right. It's just like I don't know. Let's take another character that we've talked to, talked to. You know, let's add another one that's just like unnecessarily strong out of nowhere. That would be cool like too. Really strong. Yeah. Um, he actually was my favorite part. The the one Goravara is, it, is yeah. that his name. He was kind of a highlight for me. Jay Guevara. Jay. I think it was J U N. In in sub, they just called him Jay. Uh, I like Jay. Yeah, so we'll call him Jay. He's this he's this dude from a tribe I think actually exists in real life, right? Um, the war paint looks reminiscent of pictures I've seen. These guys would actually get their face tattooed with that design, and they were kind of naval based and kind of tribal, kind of more I'm indigenous Maori, something like that. Maybe yeah, I don't I'm think not that sure. was it, right. it was a it was a spiritual basic. This is like some South American, yeah. Um, so we have this guy who's kind of like a revolutionary and he's like, <laughs> believes I liked his philosophy though, that if you don't have a weapon, there's no, there, the, I think the quote was, there's no radar on the planet that could tell you that you're a strong warrior or that you're strong enough to take down. And yet, and yet there was this fucking satellite that apparently anytime one of these three people started moving above, I think it was like six miles per hour. Yeah, it right. It's like all the militaries in the world. That shit's about to get real. <laughs> yeah, it's it's true. like So why even mention that thing about no radar in the world that could detect whether you're a strong fighter if They're you literally de- can do that? Yeah, right. 
So and and to your point about make adding an unnecessarily strong character out of fucking nowhere, that they just put him at the same level as Big Daddy Hanma and Biscuit, right? That were well established to be like the world's best, and then suddenly Jay's in the mix somehow. That felt really, really off put. Really, really strange to me that you know they just kind of they uh, lumped him in for the sake of making this season work. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not quite sure. So uh, uh, to your point, to your point, to your credit, like yeah, that felt very disjunct. The way that they just like, oh yeah, Jay's always been that strong, strong enough to be at the same level of surveillance as the ogre and biscuit. Out of nowhere. Well, I think the only reason they threw him in there was because yeah, right. Like you have. You have to like basically reshow that Unchained is really strong because he's never fought anyone in our direct like orbit. Yeah, he just whipped the shit out of that guy that did the pocket stance. Yeah, right, which is pretty cool. It was cool, I guess, but like he shit on him, so it's like a little bit. Yeah, right, because we never see him actually really try. That's the thing, right? Yeah, I mean, he kicked the shit out of the uh, the other guy. Who is he? Like the head of. Uh, Japanese like police or whatever. He was like a judo champion. He's the guy with the glasses that was bald, or is he the other dude? No, no. Okay, no. Okay, okay, okay. This is like earlier, either in that season, like before they even went to the Rai Tai tournament. Yeah, he goes to like some police off uh, office in Japan where they're like, you know, basically shit talking him, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do judo with y'all," and he just like waxes oh, the black right. belt. Yeah. And he's a really scrawnier dude, right? Right. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, that's the only other time we saw him. So you're right. They had to now re-baseline the guy. And the one thing I really didn't like about kind of to that point, they've added a lot of gravitas in this season, where in the other seasons they did add gravitas, but it was always to the fighting styles, the, the fighter's effort and dedication to those fighting styles. And it gave a lot of weight to these fights, because I think we've said in the past with these episodes, it it felt like it wasn't two men that were fighting, but rather it was two, you know, converging ways and philosophies, right? Who's better? Who dedicated more of their time, more of their energy to the right philosophy? And that was a very interesting concept that the, the show that is Baki put forth. Here it all felt very shallow. Like it yeah. felt all the gravity was all there. They added all of like, and in this moment, he did this one flip and it was like, but they, they didn't, they didn't talk about the weight. That's why I think I like Jay. He got a lot more sauce, right, from his backstory. I actually cared about his philosophy, which is really, and it, and it came in a really cool way, I think. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, to me, he's a superfluous character, right? He doesn't even ever fight Baki. Yeah. So, like, what's the point of adding him in there as, like, this this benchmark that doesn't matter because Baki beats you know, biscuit by the end of it, like yeah. obviously, or right. else the show would just not it could progress if he loses. That was another big gripe. And you, so we knew this was gonna happen. But like to me, at the end of, I can't. I, was it season two or three where he fights Muhammad? It was three. Okay, it was three. At the end of season three, Baki is like, like an instinctive god at the, like. He he's, basically he's approaching did not, ultra instinct. He did yeah. not get hit in the fight against Muhammad and he was about to kill him. Yeah. 
right? Right. Like so he's like uber danger mode. And I'm like, oh hell yeah. Now he's like can actually match his dad for killing instinct and stuff like that. He's not like, you know, this little the problem with Baki originally is he's just like too playful. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, he's in kill mode. But then he pl- goes back to this like playful attitude and is like getting his shit rocked by like, do you remember he walks up to Biscuit and Che when they were like yelling at each other and, and they, they both, both just like him. knock him like out of this century. Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck? I thought this guy was a beast. Right. Yeah. And I think it was just weird. Like, I think they depowered him so heavy in the beginning. Did. And then they would show him just like waxing dumb, dumb, normal guys. And I'm like, so are we to believe that Biscuit is so far above him that this is just like the season's not going to end with Baki winning? I think that's what they tried to do. But right. It's, it's, so it's, dumb. Those two, it's those two conflicting messages of it's weird that Baki seemed to go back to little boy mode while yeah. then also being shown to like from a, a meta perspective, like as a viewer, like, you know, he has to beat him. Right. If he even wants to come up against his dad. We know that's going to happen. So it felt really weird that he suddenly went from that boy mode getting clapped. And the irony of that scene that you're talking about with Jay and Biscuit, they're talking at each other. He's like, are you guys for real? Take this shit seriously. This conversation is bullshit with you just playing hanky panky, blah, blah, blah. He's bitching at them about being little kids about this shit. Yeah. And he's acting like a little kid. That's the weirdly weird irony. And I, definitely didn't feel intentional at all um and then he's like yeah i'm suddenly gonna become a growth spurt of a hanma and then like beat biscuits ass down like head on which is asinine to me but um i don't know i i and i found like but it was like it was dumb i thought it was bad because there was that scene at the very end during the big fight, which fair, fair enough. Like it was a fun like fight to watch and it was whatever. Fun. Yeah. Um, but he gets like essentially concussed. Yeah. Into being like the killer instinct guy again, and I'm like, oh, true. I'm like, what the fuck happened in the last six months to make you like do this like weird thing where you like turn back into baby Baki? baby body i don't know i, like I was that. just i was very confused like his whole mindset was all jacked up the girlfriend never showed up at all weird right yeah that, that was strange and when- then um i mean it, it felt like so apart from the correct storyline that i just like i almost want to believe it was like a one-off just fun season me too and if they had come out and said it kind of that way they may have right it was a very nice well, i feel like that's why they named it something completely different and it did not show up as a season four. Oh, right okay this is kind of like uh that rowan show with the jojo stuff it was meant to be kind of a, an offset but you know a production in that world like it, it's but the thing is but why can, use the but, fucking main character then? Yeah. I don't get it. It's canonically, though, in the trail. It's essentially felt like a filler arc, which is it weird. Did feel but feel like a filler arc. Yeah. So, but another thing I think that made this feel very weird was the body horror aspect of this show was always kind of this nice selling hook, but it was never like the main thing. It was always kind of this special sauce on top of an already pretty solid fight show, right? It felt like this season. They leaned so heavy into the body horror shit. Like the stuff Jake could do with his hair and 
like cutting up, slicing up some guy's inner eardrum to completely throw off balance or uh, Biscuit's weird like ball move he did, <laughs> which was absolutely batshit wild. Yeah. Um, and his weird like muscle flexibility shit. Like it felt like that they pedestaled the body horror stuff. And I can't, I can't tell if that's maybe what this side or this filler arc was kind of meant to play around with, or they just missed the mark on why people actually like Baki. And they're thinking this leaning into this is going to be, Oh, we don't, this is what it always was. It was just this crazy body horror shit. Uh, I don't know. I guess I'm willing to like play it off or write it off as like a one-off money grab. Let's just see what happens. Like, could we potentially have Baki fighting just random ass people and people still like it? Yeah. Yeah. And, and maybe, and, maybe- and also like, just to like put this out there, Baki really only fights one guy the entire season. Yes. Thank you. It's like we're used to him fighting a shitload of people in a row. How many fights did we get? We yeah. got the the triplets versus Iron Michael. We have well, Jay versus the Jay versus the triplets kind of. <laughs> it's more of a it's more of a beatdown. It's more of yeah. an assassination attempt really cuz the the boxing international boxing association basically told Arizona state prison, Hey, here's a cool two mil. Can you like make sure that iron Michael never boxes again? Cause we don't want a criminal being the face of our organization. <laughs> and they're like, I got you fam. We have these kind of three femboy, like team up triplets <laughs> that will beat ass that if they're all in one group. Um, and then you have Jay stepping in and beating kind of beating their ass once a single punch really at the end of the day. Yeah, he like peed on them. They peed on him. It was, of, it was so lot, weird. Can we get? There was a lot of peeing in the season. It was honestly like R. Kelly's wet dream. <laughs> it kind of was, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, I think Biscuit peed on Baki. Baki. We have Jay pissed on someone else in a circle and then lay down in it for some reason. Yeah. And then some guy pissed himself. Yeah, who also was the one who got peed. On. See, there's a lot of streams here that we were trying to connect the dots at. yeah it was uh <laughs> odd. If, you, if you catch my drift um yeah so i mean i i don't know it, end of the day i, I think it's enjoyable uh, i think it, if you were already a fan of baki prior you'll have a pretty good time just expect it to be a bit a bit strange a bit just, st- just completely apart like this isn't this isn't like really main storyline feels like it all like this is literally a filler arc like you said i think that's a completely apt (laughs) yeah right description of what we got right like it's similar to like when you watch a like a naruto filler arc where there's still some cool shit that can happen right but it's like not really have doesn't really have much bearing on the rest of the plot and like I know that they did want to say like oh this matters because Biscuit is the on- like the only like guy who Other could dude. be considered really strong to your dad. Right. But it's like I would say the ramifications of a plot to kidnap the president, get thrown into Arizona state prison, it's like your life is over, dude. Yeah, right. You literally just you can't do anything else now. You just blacklisted your own shit. It just right? doesn't make sense to me when Biscuit can literally leave the prison at any time. He could have walked up to Arizona State Prison, asked the the um warden, who definitely knows who Baki is, because Baki is Baki. Yeah, everyone and knows been like, hey, I want to fight this guy. Who was already asking for him to come anyway. He could have just, just walked like, out so and ridiculous. fought him. And he's like, oh, there's like over 4,000 people here who want to fight me too. I'm like, 
you know my dad though right yeah. like like yes I he could have said but but let me like or but help me like practice because daddy is a big baddie daddy's a big baddie right and i need to put him in his place if i if i'm not mistaken the the, the first time that we ever see biscuit and yujiro get in the same room doesn't Yujiro like punch the fuck out of him or something and like breaks the entire room and then they're just like they dip yeah, it actually didn't take him down. He's just like, that's one hell of a body, dude. It was something like that. Yeah, it's like, you you definitely, like, as far as, like, building up muscle, you're kind of king. But, uh, yeah, I can still probably kick your ass. I agree. Deuces. And they just, bloop, they bounce. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think that was exactly how it went. But yeah, I, don't remember, I don't remember. You don't remember. Nobody but, remembers. But, but something like that did happen. Yeah, and yeah. It, it was very unceremonious, but you're right. And they're really, uh, they're really like sticking to this demon back thing. Oh, he's finally unlocked his demon back, I guess. Yeah, it's which just is like so silly. Whatever. But so, and at the end, I, I do want to say though, like, we we call it a filler, but not for lack of production quality. They didn't slack. It does look good. It's very much its style. You could have compared it next to, I would say, like any of the earlier season, and then they're comparable. Um, but yeah, I, I think at the end of the day, you will enjoy it. It'll go quickly. Like I felt like I could, I burnt this out real quick. N- not it was only twelve episodes. It's only twelve so, episodes. Yeah. But some some seasons felt like it stretched on. What, what was the show we watched recently that felt like there was a lot of meat on the bones? I think it was Vivi, right, or something. I forgot what show we did. Where like I know it was only. 15 or like 12 episodes but like man it felt really long like there was a lot of density to each of this stuff that occurred i think it was irmacoon actually because it had many arcs yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. it felt because that's just brilliant storytelling this is just one fat arc that not a lot of shit happens you get maybe four or five fights max yeah which to it i think that does a disservice to a show like baki that it's there for the fights right why would you have less of the thing because it's a filler work and everyone knows it. Um, yeah, I mean. Uh, <laughs> anyway, what? I mean it's it's I guess semi enjoyable, but I would give it yes fifty eight. Wow, it just was like not important to me at all. I was gonna give it like a sixty six or sixty seven. I I don't think it's I don't think it's a seventy. It's just it it really was. I think we have been popcorn anime in the past that you don't need wrinkles or anything to watch it it's enjoyable and it's still quality though you can have an 80s popcorn anime this just tried to it couldn't capture the spirit of baki i don't think yeah i don't know it, it somehow I, missed its own point i mean which, i don't i don't rate filler arcs for any show well so it's yeah, not right. like this really had much of a chance. I think if it was perfect for a filler arc, max it could be would be like a 75. So Right. And that's what I'm saying. Being a 58 is not that big of a deal. Okay. All right. I mean, it's I, not good. I'm going to give it a 66. 66 out of 100 iron uh, human balls. Like, that, that was the weirdest shit of all time. Yeah. He basically curled up into a ball and pure defense and then ate him like pac-man yeah and just like (laughs) and like kind of crunched him with muscles and then just spit him out yeah that was very strange but then he's like fuck you for trying it twice just shoves his fingers up his nose yeah you shit um but yeah see there were highlights you have a good time and i like jay's backstory his philosophy was cool um it's you, you are not devoid of fun here there's some stuff to look at so what i thought was gonna happen is number two is gonna be his brother jack again 
Oh, so, right. Because they, they had that really tall guy with the really long legs, and I'm like, oh, fuck, that's Jack. That's Jack, right? Because it would have been kind of fun to have him, like, have to... I mean, of course, he's already beat him, so it's, like, not that big of a deal, but, like, say... He had like had more Russian scientists pump him right. full of shit, and then he was like, "I'm back, bitch." Yeah, he's he could be 2.0. He's a science. He's a product of science. Again, so they could, again, right? I'm Drago too, and and he has more of a reason to have been a better antagonist than Biscuit. He didn't. There's no revenge situation, right? I don't mean than Biscuit. I meant instead well, of having Che, right? That would have at least given he would have a reason to yeah, want yeah. Baki's ass, right? And just like yeah. I, I got more Russian science juice. You're you're done, man. Yeah. You are done. Um, but yeah, but I don't think it was a waste of time to watch this. Okay, but let me ask you this: Would it have been more enjoyable if we had gotten to see what like the prison boys from season one, like what they were up to? Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, it, if you're gonna do a filler arc, like why do this like thing where? To me, it was progression, but for literally just progression's sake of saying, like, now he's totally ready. Like, he already accepted the bout. Yes. Why do you have to then prove yourself again? Like, it just didn't make sense. It was, like, the weirdest thing ever. Whereas, yeah. if I'm, if I'm going to watch, a, a like, a filler arc, why can't I just see what um, Dorian and all those guys are doing? If none of it felt like it mattered, then you might as well add the good stuff, yeah. right? When, and to that point, they already had a prison backdrop to the whole thing. There's a very real chance that one or a couple of them could have ended up in that prison. If it's as notorious Black Pentagon as they made it seem out to be. Like, that's the other thing. Right? They made yeah. such a big deal about it. And we like, didn't know <laughs> two fucking people. Two people. Yeah, right. And and what it, what could Iron Mike have done that was so bad to put him in the Black Pentagon? Like, what? <laughs> I don't know. I have, And they never say it. Like, and that's why that's why it feels like a filler arc because the stuff that should have been explained just was like nah you don't care yeah you don't, not you don't, a big deal it's not a big deal MBD but yeah good time not a great time didn't expect a fifty eight out of you pretty low I, I mean I wrote after I watched it that it sucked so <laughs> you did actively out come out and say that so I felt so. like that was you have to earned be your keep you've earned your keep in terms of fifty eight what did you think I was gonna say a sixty somewhere in the sixties. Somewhere at that. I mean, it was really up in the air until the last moment. <laughs> no, it's really kind of pulled out of thin air. That's kind of how I normally rate these things. Just on the spot? Right. Same. I mean, I have a general idea. Like, I know I'm kind of in a ballpark of, then as we talk, it has room to grow. Or I mean, I start shrink. like A, B, or C, or D, generally. Then, okay. Then, I, like I mean, that. of course, there's the F, F range. <laughs> yeah. And I use our high school version, so 93 to uh, 85. 85 is, is a B. Okay. <laughs> That's, oh yeah. And I think, weren't we, haven't we gotten some flack for thinking of it that way in yes. the past? Well, but guess uh, what? I don't do care. <laughs> Deal with it. Boy, that's it. That's it for that. We're moving on. We're just trucking ahead. We, I want this, man. The tried and true shit. Yeah. The classic. The over underrated. Back in the fucking business. Yes. This is what we uh known for? We cut our teeth on this. We do. We did. And now we're going to be talking about our the the Saiyan Prince himself, a man of bottomless pride, Vegeta. Is this is his name Vegeta Vegeta? Like a King Vegeta is his dad, right? So is is that his last name too, Vegeta Vegeta? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not sure. <laughs> More than eleven. I got to be honest. I've never thought about it. <laughs> In any case, I'm going to be arguing for. 
the the case that Vegeta is overrated, and okay. Ethan w- will be electing to fight in his in his corner. I'm deferring. And you're deferring. Okay. Too underrated. Too underrated. Right. Right. Do you want to go first? Want me to go first? How do you want to play this? This is always the tough part. So, you have a coin always, to flip. Uh, not on me. I could. Oh. Okay. I'll go. If it's the other side, you go. <laughs> okay, we're flipping stickers now. Then just flip it up high and let it ramly. It's white. It's white. Then you go first. Okay. So, overrated is because I believe that <laughs> while his story is quite a nice arc, he in and of himself is basically a one-trick pony. He like, and I've used this argument in the past with other characters, but it's a bit strange <laughs> to me that everyone's like, oh my god, he is this kind of like, uh, this prideful arc of going from being this asshole villain to a family man to really learning what it means to protect people. But it was always done under the guise of like looking at Goku's back. And I've always wanted to see him outgrow that more and more, which I think that's a disservice to his character that he never outgrew his ability. There are times where he said, I just don't care anymore. And that's how he achieved Super Saiyan on that one planet. When he finally stopped caring about Goku and his bullshit of him being a true prodigy, that he can finally gain some serenity and then finally progress in a meaningful way. And if you look at all the other ways he's progressed in the past, it's always been through the help of others, through making deals with almost essential literal magic space devils and like Bobbity. Um, and, you know, the help of others, he rarely does things on his own. And only when he does things on his own, he's like, it's, it's in the moments when he stops caring about his weird obsession with beating Goku, which I want to understand why people love that part of his character so much when it's, it's all part of his pride, right? Well, yeah, but that seems to be the thing that constantly holds him back. His pride that everyone celebrates him for, that this is, makes him a good character. It's his pride that he just can't let go, and instead of letting go of that and finally reaching some other plane of, of power, he just seems to be constantly locked there. And he's always comparing himself, himself up to Goku. And I'm not really sure why after all these years, he doesn't recognize that if you get rid of that obsession and let go of that, then you'll finally be achieving true power, true master, true growth. But he just can't do it because I think that's his, he's so burdened by that. And everyone, the overrated part is that everyone's always like, but yeah, but that's what makes him great. He's this prideful dude. He's never, he never wavers. I'm like, yeah, you can still be prideful as like the prince of all Saiyans. But you don't have to be like, but Goku can do this thing better than I can a little bit. And I have to make deals with M demons on my head. No, 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 no. He's, I don't know. It, it's, it's, I've always actually genuinely had this problem with him that if he, if he just, just swallowed his fuck, it's not even a pride thing. Just like, be okay. Like, Goku may be better than you, but it's because you're too preoccupied with him being better and you, you can't be better than him. Just do that. Just just stop looking at his back. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the Sakura case, right? If you're always comparing yourself to catching up to someone, you're never inherently going to pass that. You just won't. So, and he's always done that. He always compares himself to Goku. And everyone's like, but yeah, but that's his, that's his fucking struggle. No, fuck off. No, no, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. You sound genuinely mad. Yeah, fuck no, off. Yeah, I, yeah, fuck off. I, fuck off. Kiss, kiss. It's all good. It's okay. I, you are still my students, and I respect that, but fuck off. It's real cool. All I'm saying is, 
that that which he is celebrated for almost if you look at his trajectory in the past the moments he has removed himself from that which he's obsessed about which is beating goku honestly really that's really it then it's in those moments that's when he finds power but he's never ever seemed to let go of that and to me, that makes him a bit overrated because he kind of gets it gets stale after a while. It maybe sets up good moments where he sacrifices himself in in that one attack against Boo. He finally kind of lets go in the time to finally become a Super Saiyan himself. Um, but in those moments, he's finally not thinking about his relation to Goku and where they sit on their rankings to each other. He thinks of his family. He thinks of nothing. He finally gets away from this obsession. And when he does, that's when he finally becomes what I think is a good character. But until he can finally let go of all that, I think he's what he's celebrated for is a bit overplayed and limiting in his own right. So that's my case. That's the best case I think I can get come up with. Okay. 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 Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I obviously have a few rebuttals. Sure. Um, I feel as though he is underrated for the fact that he's an actual good father now. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I actually knew this was going to fucking come up. <laughs> Keep in mind, him and Goku spend relatively the similar amount of time training. True. If not, him train more, frankly. He just has a ball and wife in Bulma and that just like, hey, you want a 300 times gravity chamber? Yeah. Hit it. yeah. But anyway, I, to your point, to your he point, has right. mad, mad train time. Yet, he's still around and present father. The one time he accidentally punched his son in the face because, uh, because Trunks went Super Saiyan and hit him, and he was, like, surprised and pissed. Yeah. He then went and brought, bought him ice cream and took, him, took to him to the, the park. amusement park. Or yeah. the park, you're right. If you can hit me yeah. once, I'll take you to the park for an hour. But his Saiyan pride does not only just, you know, cover himself. It covers his son, too. He's genuinely like proud of his kid. He wants him to do well. Like when you watch all the tournaments later on where Goten and um and Trunks are fighting in them, he like is like that dad on the soccer field running up and down the field like, you know, cheering for their kid. Yeah. Um or like Trunks will win and he's like, huh, "Naturally, you know, he's my <laughs> kid." Um but, you know, Kind of back to this, this I guess, complex he's got with Goku. I think that you're overlooking this one point in Super. Near the beginning, actually, he does surpass Goku. He was the first one of the two of them to go, like, blue god mode. Yeah, like, beyond blue right. kind of thing. Yeah. Well, no, blue god mode. Because uh... Goku had been red god originally, Rosé. Yeah, I... And so Goku had transcended to be God level then first, but then when they started Super, turns out he had gone out of his way and humbled himself for Whis to literally ask him to train with him or to train him. Goku had no clue what was going on. So he had done that, like he humbled himself finally. He had gotten over his pride to say, look, I'm never going to be able to beat Goku on my own, just training the way that I've trained. And I think he doesn't realize that like, Goku is training because he enjoys to train, whereas, like you're saying, Vegeta's just trying to catch up or stay relevant with Goku. And you're right, if you're always looking at someone's back, you're never going to catch up. So he's able to humble himself 
to go talk to this angel and be like, yo, train my ass. Let me be Goku. <laughs> and in the beginning, if you recall, when, when Goku finally does come to Beerus's little world, he's like way stronger than Goku during all the tasks originally. And in fact, does go Super Saiyan Blue first and is closer um, to Ultra Instinct originally. Of course, Goku does then surpass him. But I think it's kind of this interesting scenario where you got to look at Vegeta as, you know, yes, he's the prince of Saiyans, but he really is kind of like the last Saiyan, so to speak. Because it's hard to even call Goku a Saiyan other than like racially or ethnically, yeah, I suppose he is. By blood alone, not, right. not in culture, not right. in but spirit. But he doesn't right. have the spirit or the will of fire. <laughs> Here we are, yeah. <laughs> for, for the Saiyans. The prince of all Saiyans. Yeah. But I think you do gotta give him a, like a lot of credit for um, so, some of his actions on Namek, right? You gotta remember at the time Frieza is like god level compared to what we've seen in the universe at that point, right? Right, and he still like kind of like rebels against him multiple occasions, like even knowing that Frieza could kill him at any point, right? That's fair. And yeah. so that kind of like it kind of takes the whole. Oh, he's a prideful asshole and uses that as like a, a good thing, right? Like like he's he feels like Frieza has fucked his homeworld over, which he did. Yeah. And yes, he works for him, but like he's gonna make sure that he makes this effort Worst pay boss for it. Ever. <laughs> right. He's gonna make him pay for it. Yeah. Um and I don't know, I think it, without somebody like Vegeta, I think Goku wouldn't be a, as good of a character either. I mean, think about it. In the fucking series, if Goku has no rival, it's going to be boring as hell, to be honest. Especially now with these god god powers and stuff like that showing up without like a Vegeta foil, so to speak. Yeah. Like, it, there would be, it would be very difficult, first of all, to see where Goku's power level even lies, right? He would not be able to train as well because he wouldn't have somebody to like, uh, kind of match with. And then, of course, Universe Seven would have lost without a with a without a beast like Vegeta on their squad. So yeah, I think he's underrated for those reasons. And um, I think, of course, him being a good dad is probably well. I guess the good dad thing a is reasonable a- present father. Yeah, he's he's a dad. <laughs> he's yeah. actually doing the role of father. Right. That's a yeah. I don't. I I got no notes on that point. You're 100 oh, percent right. And yeah. he loves the shit out of Bulma. Remember, he knows Beerus is like the god of destruction. He slaps her, and then he's like, "My, my, my wife." Yeah. And he, and goes, he actually has a moment of buck wild. He goes buck wild. Yeah. Um. That's the thing, though. I think the one rebuttal, if I could re- rebut any of that, is it's you cannot. <laughs> there is one though that. You've said time and time again, and th- that's super thing. That's 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 a fair point. He does at some point humble himself. He started training with Whis before. I think on screen, Goku is the first to show Super Saiyan Blue. But then he says, "You think he's the only one who can do that?" Hell, I started training with Whis first, and that's when we find out. I think that he had kind of beat him on that front, at least to the punch, so to speak. Um, but to that point. It's weird to me that a guy who can't, he just can't see. Also, he wins the resurrection of F thing because he he, actually fights him. He falls through, actually, yeah. And that's the one thing, too, right? Is that 
he time and time again we see when he kind of allows himself to partake in fusion allow himself to forget about all his squabbles and i just don't care anymore when he finally humbles himself and gets help from someone else it's it's those moments that you would think, oh, man, if I only just always use this mentality, I would always be able to beat Goku because in those moments, I finally either get to his level or above him. But yet he's still so preoccupied with how he relates to Goku that even when the time and time again proof is in the pudding has shown that with others you do better, that like he just he just can't seem to overcome that personal hurdle where if it were kind of like not as apparent, sure, but I'm like, you, you've seen, you lived through all this. All of your greatest power-ups have been when you've kind of forgotten about Goku, you think, uh, in my way, right? You're, you're obstructing my path to greatness. No, 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 Vegeta, you're obstructing your own. That's, that's where my, I think it's where it comes down to it, is that at this point, he should finally like, oh yeah, maybe if I just kind of forgot about that squabbly thing, whatever, you know? I don't know, I think at the end of the day, though, you can only kind of hold yourself to any standard in this in this like this world they live in. This combative world. Yeah. Like think about Gohan. At one point, he is the strongest character in the series, and he squanders that for years in high school, and then I think college as well. Yeah, and then has to like climb back. And fortunately, he has ridiculous genetics because for whatever reason, Saiyans and humans make like ridiculous babies. When it's that perfect 50-50 mix, you got it. Yeah. Yeah. But like um, Vegeta's really the only person other than Goku who can, can, can continue to protect Earth, right? Yeah. And, and it does seem like he has kind of adopted Earth as a home world, so to speak, especially with you oh, know, the Capsule Corp and all that stuff. He's got that good Balma money now. He's got right. Buku Balma dollars. He I sure does. I wouldn't give that up for the world, I'll right. tell you that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I mean... But I mean, like, in, in terms of, like, standing in his own way, like, you expect him to... Like, I don't understand how... You know, he, the other thing is he can't really surpass Goku if he's just training with him at all times, right? Like, I think the only way to pass him is to train with somebody stronger than Goku. Than both of them. Yeah. So that's like why he went to Whis and why I thought that was a good move. Um, And, you know, I don't know. I I don't really understand your your idea of saying, well, if he just realizes that all of his greatest feats are with other people, like, I think that probably eats at him, right? Like, not being able to be the person that the you know the world needs to to protect it essentially i don't know if it's necessarily all bad i think the only thing he's able to maybe um vocalize is i gotta beat kakarot but what if it's just like his own feelings of ineptitude with his strength like i think you got to go back to when his world was blown up and his daddy was murdered like he wasn't strong enough to protect Vegeta, uh, Planet Vegeta. Planet Vegeta, yeah. And so he definitely has a, this chip on his shoulder. And I don't know if it's all Goku's fault or relates to Goku completely. Um, I just think, you know, I, I do kind of agree with him a little bit. If if you're not doing everything you can to make yourself stronger, like regardless of whether you're going to have teammates at some point, like <laughs> you're not going to do shit. <laughs> yeah. And I, I guess... The where I see it and why I come at it from that angle of his like kind of honing in on his strange preoccupation with his relation with Goku and and, and level of strength is because kind of back to your point, you, I feel like 
he bears not just figuratively, but literally the weight of his culture on his shoulders. His name is the is the name of his planet of yeah. everything. Vegeta as a name just doesn't represent like, you know, him as a Saiyan. It represents the history that bore him, that gave rise to someone like him, right? So he is a man who has this culture that long dead, you know, he's the last ambassador of a do- of a long dead breed. And it's up to in in his mind, it's up to him there. So why exactly is that not? And we see it. He always comments on his sane pride, which to that end, I will not say is under overrated. That's a that's an actual quality of his that I think has spurred him to greatness. But just why why can't you, for your own pride, just let go of the stuff that is petty? That in no way should be a way to hold high the culture that which you represent. If he is really ambassadoring this, his Saiyans as a species, as a culture, as a people, why does he seem to be more preoccupied in more ways with his ability to keep up with Goku than just go out like I need to do this for the being the ambassador of people, not just Goku's I you know think second? It's because the it seemed like the Saiyan race were very much like the Zeltrums from um, Invincible. Yeah. Where, like, the strongest are the right. The Viltrumites? You know, Viltrumites. Yeah. What did I say? Zeltrumites? Zel- Zeltrumites, something like that? Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Fuck it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the Supermen of that yeah, show. Yeah, whatever the fuck they're F- called. That guy was. <laughs> yeah. Nolan's peeps. Yeah. Um, anyway, they're like them in that, like, might is right. The, the strongest are the, you know, the elites, right? They literally, like, uh, talk about the elite Saiyans, the like grunt Saiyans and shit like that, the commoners. And that's where like that, that is the story of like, you know, the, the legendary super Saiyan and all that stuff. Like, I think you gotta, you gotta look at it from that perspective. Whereas they're like a, a pugnacious people, right? Good use of pugnacious. <laughs> yeah. I haven't used it very often. But when it comes around, boy, how are you going to sling yeah, it? I'm gonna I like drop it. that shit anytime <laughs> I get it. Yeah. Get a chance. But I, I see what you're saying. Right, is that well, like that is their pride, right? And so, if he's not always trying to beat somebody, then what the hell is the point? Yeah, and I think kind of going back to the the meta conversation after we take our these took our stances, after as I was saying the overrated part, I realized how much harder it got to argue is overrated because anything that I think people celebrate him for, and the things I'm saying, no, 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 but like that's his preoccupation; he's limiting himself. It's to what you said, that obsession is intrinsically tied to the pride, right? His pride is his ability to be the strongest, right? And for someone that in probably what eats him the most is Goku by blood is his people, but by culture and no other and no other way, he's only an earthling. So like to see a prodigy in front of him that in no way cares much about the Saiyan pride, the Saiyan culture. I do think that eats him up. That does that. That part is what makes him interesting. And I think makes him, you know, a very engaging character because how can someone blessed with so much, not care about that, which he got that talent from that blood from. And I think my final point is going to be the fact that he's been able to maintain that hairline for this long. Woo. 
That boy was receding at birth. Yeah, dog, he, he and was receding. Chilling. He was receding from day one. He's like sixty-five and still got hair. The peakiest of widow's peaks. Just right. like zoop. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that guy. He's got like a forefinger and then like a six and seven <laughs> on the sides. Like, <laughs> but yeah, you're right. And uh, yeah, overrated is a bit tough. I thought it can go either way, but as you argued more, you're like, but no, that's why he's interesting. His weird complexes, they're born from his unwavering pride and character. Right? I, I think when you talk overrated, you know, now that we're kind of past the whole debate portion, yeah. I think what you probably maybe should have like really harped on was Where would I have gone here? Yeah, like, yeah. Like he's so loved, but he's really just so second fiddle to the whole plot, frankly. Like he so really a, doesn't matter. So overrated in a, in a narrative point. And that and that he went by way of Gohan. Right. He, Gohan was set up to be the next gen. Goku was supposed to be phased out. And then when the, that phasing attempt was tried, it was you know, like, uh, he was Topirama? No, to, uh, oh no, I'm forgetting the author of Dragon Ball Z. Uh, <laughs> it was not Toby Toriyama. Rama. Toriyama. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Toriyama. Wow. Ooh, Akira. It's been, Kira Toriyama. That's been a long weekend, guys. Um, but yeah, so Toriyama was like, oh shit. Like I'm losing, I'm losing luster. Toby Rama was like, "Let's kill all the freaking Uchiha's." <laughs> he did it all those the- vile beasts. And once we're done there, we'll kill all the Saiyans. Screw them too. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I think that actually is the, the general meta of like Dragon Ball's direction that Goku was being phased out, and then Gohan was taking the limelight, and like, oh shit, that don't work. And then they tried it with Vegeta, and he, he again, right from a narrative standpoint, everyone has to play second fiddle to Goku. Yeah, and I, I will say, like, he, he has had some some <laughs> scenarios throughout this, the series where it's just like... Some of the best moments came from Well, he's too, had yeah. good moments, but I'm saying, like, in terms of being overrated, he has made some, like, really boneheaded decisions occasionally, right? Like, um, basically, you recall at one point when Trunks tries Super Saiyan 2, but he tries it as, like, the super buff version. Oh, like, the yeah, the raw version, yeah. No, I don't know what, raw. What, the really, f- they call it that's that's Super Saiyan like one point five. Like that was whatever on, the fuck it on was. the way to two was Big, like strong muscle boy. How do you get? Yeah, you could you could keep going past Super Saiyan in that way, but you have to find a way to condense everything. Yeah. So yeah. he knew though that that was a bad move because he had already tried that and lost a big battle, right? right? And so it's like he does have like of course a lot of experience, but like for somebody who is as experienced as him and has really been in battle his entire life, he makes a lot of like really stupid decisions. And it's like, you've been fighting for literally 55 years, dude. And you are like top two strongest human beings on this, or I guess same living things. Yeah. On this planet. Like, how are you making these dumb, dumb plays? I think think I actually, now, now that I'm really thinking of resurrection of F, I think he does also didn't kill Frieza fast enough, and that's what blew up the world. Yeah. Right? Because he was like... Because Frieza was basically cliffing bad and started losing power, and uh, Vegeta was like, well, I came here to fight somebody, and you're a pussy, basically. Right, because Goku already tapped out, and then Vegeta stepped in. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And then that's when we just got to be like, all right, time stone shit for days. Yeah. All right, let's roll this back and try it again. Miyamoto's um, eye. Yeah, right. There you go. So, I mean, all, all that being said, I think sometimes his pride does get in the way. The same thing Goku's arrogance gets, gets in his own way. Well, right? Goku's, I would almost say, wistfulness, where he's just like, I don't care about anything. I just want to fight. You know? Yeah, right. And he's willing to kind of be chill 
a little too chill. Like he gave free, like the famous moment, and he gave Frieza some energy. Frieza tried to do something about it. Luckily, Goku clapped back that shit and ended him with the planet. Um, but to that end, or right? gave a sensu bean to sell, you know. <sighs> God damn it, that's the dumbest. To set up his son for the dopest ass, ass beating of his life. Nah, so. the dopest comeback ever. Yeah, but uh, before that. He let his son literally Undertaker mode where he just like gets beaten and goes, I'm back, bitch. Bitch. So yeah, end of the day, that's a, I like Vegeta as an over-under because there are, there are a couple ways he can go. And I think from a meta, he's, he's, he's underappreciated in the meta. I don't say underrated, but I think he, I think people rate him very, very highly, sometimes a bit much for his actual involvement, like you're saying, in the narrative impact. Right. Yeah. He just he gets relegated and he gets a bad rap. Well, I mean, you know? kind of at the end of the day, Goku's in the same boat where like the world happens to Earth. Yeah. And these guys are the only ones that can fend off Earth uh, attackers. There you go. So like that's why they're always involved in the plot, but they don't like go out and try to like subjugate worlds like potentially he used to <laughs> back yeah, in the day. Fair, fair. Right. So you know. I don't know. We didn't really talk about much like in in the original Dragon Ball Z where, you know, he, he comes to Earth to kick the shit out of like take it over and kick, you know, Goku's ass. And yeah, you know, um, but if you really think about it, like Goku's like an untrained monkey at that point. Oh, yeah. The two strongest Saiyans left come to Earth to kick his ass and lose. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah, talk about chip on the shoulder, right? That, that's like, definitely I can imagine... an overrated scenario, though, yeah. right? Like, yeah. He, he's he got, overrated. He, yeah, he got clapped by a primate, essentially. A genuine, just like, child of the wild. I like that. A child of the wild, yeah. Yeah, he fought a lot when he was a kid, but he was fighting like humans. It's not like the Veltramites who are fighting other Veltramites, right? Yeah, and he was fighting like an a universe's worth of talent, right. right? And he knew what was out there. And yeah, so Goku's been working with Small Fry Piccolo at best, right? Right. And like that, there's no reason why Vegeta shouldn't have won there. In exactly. My head. Yeah. And but frankly, that would make him overrated. He did. Uh, fair. Okay, that's a good argument too. So that's something probably I should have come up with more on the fly. But that being said, he did. We had some godly training involved. Goku did learn the Kaioken and um, I think he learned one other tech spirit bomb from from uh, your boy King Kai. Uh, but yeah, but like Kaioken is a good point, but frankly, it's a hack. <laughs> it's a hack. <laughs> but still, like I think even at that point, power levels were a real thing that mattered and to times things by two, three and four is a yeah, big fucking pretty deal, wild. Right? Yeah, right. So I mean, yeah, Vegeta, complex character. But once again, if he had just snuffed out this little dum dum from the start, right? That's kind of like his pride thing, like mm-hmm. we're saying. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Tough to say. Tough I mean, he's a say. great character. I know a lot of people, like Mitch from Talking Anime, thinks he, you know, is his favorite character of all of them. I, I think he has a better story than Goku. He's a more interesting. I think arc. it's more impressive that that five foot guy is able to compete <laughs> in a world full of six footers. Short king energy yeah and like yeah the only thing taller than his pride is his widow's peak so yeah <laughs> and <laughs> his hair so yeah thank you guys for coming to class and listening to this very classic segment that i think we need to start doing more of the classics yeah if you bring guys, them back if we were going to bring some back we want to make sure that we keep things spicy for y'all and I, I like the idea of having 
maybe a show and then a segment to, to give some spice and variety to the hour, you know? Yeah, I don't think it would work without a show being 12 episodes and potentially shitty. True. Fair <laughs> enough. Yeah, it, it really worked for this one. Yeah. But uh, yeah, thank you for coming to class. Uh, check in the description for any place you get your podcast fixed for all of our socials. Um, come on over to patreon.com slash ubology. One dollar up, get you entered our Discord with all of our past guests like Danny from Anime Summit, who we did an episode with last week. So check that out as well. And all of our uh, lovely Patreon folk teaching, assisting, and up. Uh, $3 and up, get you to the syllabus sidebar, the lo fi, high vibe, sometimes anime, sometimes not, sometimes visual, sometimes on a hiatus show where we talk <laughs> about life and shit and experiment with things. We got about like 30 ish episodes up there in various flavors of multimedia. I yes. like it. Yes. But yeah, I'm going to go home and uh, I'm going to watch. I finished Squid Game that it fucking rips. That's I, it. I, I, I like you it. watch Alice in Borderland. That is the next one I got to do. Uh, I'm on that battle battle hype now. Yeah, I've watched three battle anime in the last two days. Oh, yeah? Yeah. We're in, we're in fighting modes. We're, until Ethan can catch this smoke, <laughs> I'm Ricky. And I'm going to get smoked. And this Ethan. has been Weebology. <laughs> the deuces. I never hit you, man. Yeah, I wouldn't fight back. Well, <laughs> I deserve it. <laughs> I deserve it. I'm going to lay down and take it. <laughs>